welcome to the Inspirational Living Podcast. I'd like to start today by thanking our newest patrons, Patrick Hampton and Linda Brill. Patrick and Linda now get exclusive access to over 250 additional podcasts, plus full transcripts. You too can gain access right now for as little as $3 a month. Learn more by visiting livinghour.org slash patron. Today's reading was edited and adapted from Personal Power by Keith J. Thomas, published in 1917. An old proverb says that good courage breaks ill luck. In other words, mental power, rightly directed, is the only force that creates good luck. Hard work alone will not make you lucky. You must be ready to seize your good luck when it comes, and you must search for it until you find it. Ask yourself now, am I lucky? Am I trying to be lucky? Am I determined to be lucky? You are the only person who can decide. If you want to be lucky, you must train your mind to obey your will, and you must rule it with wisdom courage, and foresight. In what manner are you exercising your mind and keeping it fit? You must know that your mind will do a lot of work for you without any effort on your part, if you train it carefully. For instance, the mind works while we sleep. Not only is this shown by our dreams, but there are countless instances where people have gone to bed worried and perplexed over some problem, and on waking in the morning have found the solution in their minds. Note the gradual growth of reasoning powers in the human being. The child first of all absorbs into its mind the statements of its mother. By and by it notices things and asks questions. That marks the first development of the reasoning powers. As we grow older, we must continue to ask ourselves these questions, and we must seek until we find the right answers. It is true of professional life that the more people you know in your particular sphere of business, the more successful you are likely to be. In our mental lives, the more information we have at command, the more use we can make of our faculties. When we reason, we must reason upon proved facts. Obviously, if we argue from incorrect facts, our conclusions will be incorrect. If we read carefully and choose our books well, we shall store our minds with valuable information which will never be wasted, and will serve us faithfully some time or other. Our intellects touch life at more than one point. There is actually an aristocracy of brains. Clever people in professional life will not tolerate mediocrity. If you would succeed, you must develop your talents. The intellect serves us in ordinary affairs more through conversation and writing than in any other way. The ability to write well is indeed a matter that vitally concerns each one of us. 
How often one hears such a saying as, When I wrote that, I thought you would understand. Clear writing is not so easy as it looks. You must bear in mind always the impression your words will convey to the person reading them, not the impression you think they may convey. In the course of reading good literature, the writer's meaning seems so clear that one feels no other words could be used. The way to train yourself to write clearly and to acquire a good literary style is to study good authors. A good system of study is as follows. Select any passage you like, read it carefully, and then write down what the passage was about, as nearly as possible in the author's own words. When you compare the two, you will notice how crude your own expressions are, and you will be able to understand the beauties of the author's style. As time goes on, and you repeat this exercise, you will find that not only does your memory improve, but your style will improve also. Now, in addition to this, you want ideas in order to write well. You must be able to dig out from the recesses of your mind all the information that will illuminate the subject you are writing about. Here again, some mental exercises will be useful. Take any good book of essays, you cannot do better than choose Emerson, and select one of the subjects that appeals to you. Suppose it is self-reliance. Write down all the qualities and advantages of this virtue that occur to you, and then read the essay and note carefully how the author expands upon the subject. You will appreciate all the things he notices about self-reliance and you will learn how to reason about such a subject yourself. A systematic series of mental exercises like these will strengthen your mind wonderfully and will probably astonish you. If you persevere, you will observe one remarkable fact. As soon as you start theorizing about any subject, all sorts of ideas and thoughts about it, will crowd into your mind, and as you write your letters or essays, your thoughts will flow of their own accord and come into your mind in their proper order. You will then understand how wonderfully your mind works on your behalf and helps you, and you will reap one of the great rewards of carrying out the duty of developing the talents with which the Creator has blessed you. These exercises alone will teach you to think and reason clearly, and to express yourself well in conversation or in writing. You will put yourself in the way of opportunities, and you will recognize them when they come. More than that, you will know how to use them, and in using them, you will be successful. In other words, you will be lucky. Good luck is merely a question of a right mental attitude. We are all, each one of us, great and powerful figures in embryo. Blessed is the woman and man who knows what their special genius is. They have but to work faithfully to develop that genius, 
and they will get such good luck that nothing can hold them back from the success they are striving for. The child with a passion for drawing, who draws really well and has the genius for art, will become a great artist because they must draw, and nothing can hold them back from it. Put them in a bank, and they will draw in their spare time, until their work gets known, and they can afford to devote all the energies to their art. The average woman or man, however, has no such outstanding genius, and often it is very difficult for a person to know how to cultivate their mental powers so as to produce the most practical benefits in everyday life. It is a well-established fact that we do best those things which we like the best. The artist loves their art above all things, and they can draw better than they can write. A musician plays or sings better than they talk. These gifts are obvious, but what is to guide the typical day laborer or office worker? How are people whose work is of a general nature to know what talents they have, which they can develop to advantage? even in their prosaic labors. We should begin by understanding that life progresses in circles. We are bound first of all by the family circle. We learn from the members of our household. Then we enlarge our circles by going out into the world. We meet more people and we learn from them. Every new task we take up is the center of a new circle of knowledge. Every fresh friend we make is a center of yet another circle of experience. If we like people, we assimilate their habits of thought and we readily learn from them. If we like a special kind of work, we study it and we make rapid progress in it. The elementary rule for discovering hidden talents is thus to cultivate the habit of liking everything that we have to do. Are you currently employed in some job that you don't really enjoy? I tell you emphatically, positively, that you must begin to like it. Other people like the job you have, and so you can too. Let me tell you how to get to like your work within a month. When you get up tomorrow morning, Pretend to yourself that you are looking forward to your day's work. Determine to do it quickly and better than you have ever done it before. Say to yourself that you are going to show yourself how well that work can be done. If you find yourself confronted with any task that appears distasteful, just tell your brain decisively that you like it that it is just the work that gives you pleasure, and you will be surprised to find that you are getting to delight in your work, which you thought so unpleasant. Make yourself look forward to your work. Tell yourself, whenever you are alone with your thoughts, that you like your occupation, and your brain will quickly take your cue. It will act automatically and you will find that your work really is a delight to you. Do you know why this is so? 
is because you are your own hypnotist. Tell your brain you do not like any particular task, and it will appear disagreeable to you. Affirm emphatically that you do like it, and your brain will receive your suggestion with pleasure. It is astonishing how easy it is to acquire such a habit of mind. It comes readily from the very outset, and grows in strength until you exercise it unconsciously. All too often we choose to think of our work as a drudgery, and it irks us. But by just changing over our mental attitude, we shall find that we really do like the work that used to be distasteful. We will find that by getting all the interest we can out of our work, we enjoy it and we do it better. Then as we progress, we will learn that we have unsuspected aptitudes for tasks that used to seem beyond us. We will discover new talents through a gradual system of enlarging the field of our labors. If you will but take a pleasure in your work, and do every task as perfectly as your ability will allow. A new way of life will open out to you, one that is full of unsuspected possibilities, and where good fortune waits on every step. The Inspirational Living Podcast is a production of The Living Hour. Get the best of our podcast in heirloom hardcover or digital ebook by visiting inspirationallifelessons.com. Thanks for listening. I look forward to talking with you next time.